You're live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo in studio. Got a great program for you today. We've uh, got the folks from uh, Hewlett Packard uh, talking about some of their new gaming laptop technology. Uh, these are fantastically powered laptops. Um, you know, obviously great for gaming, but uh, you know, for using for work as well. Especially if you're into anything that needs that extra power, you got to have a listen. And uh, we're going to be going through uh, a few other things. Uh, Apple had their big announcements uh, this week, and uh, we'll talk about that uh, virtual reality headset uh, in a moment. Uh, but we'll also be uh, going through some of the top uh, new iOS 17 features and some of the new uh, Apple Watch uh, OS features uh, as well. And uh, we have uh, the top five battery-saving hacks for your smartphone. Uh, on the line, though, we've uh, got our good friend Mark Salsman. He is... Uh, one of uh, Canada's uh, top tech journalists. And he had the opportunity to go down to California for the big Apple uh, event. And uh, that's uh, kind of uh, uh, a neat thing in itself. Thanks uh, for joining us today, Mark. Yeah, I just got back from Cupertino for uh, Apple Park is their headquarters. That looks That's that giant spaceship looking like a facility that Apple has there. So it was cool to be at WWDC or as the kids call it, WWDC. It's their developers conference worldwide developers conference but the big news wasn't software this year yeah it was it was hardware is that headset yeah just before we get into that what's it like going to those those apple events i haven't been invited myself yet i guess i'm on the c list uh but you've <laughs> you've uh, and uh, attained the hardly hardly the hard, the, uh, the a list <laughs> um but like what is that new campus like it, it looks like a giant flying saucer it looks like a giant flying saucer landed in a field you know, there's some trees around it, but it's like, a, like it just landed in a clearing. So you walk around this uh, spherical device, <laughs> this spherical building, and uh, it's, it's cool. I mean, look, the, um, the keynote for WWDC was outside, so they just had like a giant screen, and Tim Cook came out on stage, and it, that, this time it was outside. Sometimes it, I've been in the Steve Jobs Theater, which is inside, but um, yeah, look, it's cool. This show, this is my first time, by the way, at uh, the Worldwide Developers Conference because it really is more for those who, you know, they, this is where they unveil the new operating system. So they want developers to start working on some apps and other content that will be available, you know, later in the year or next year. But it was my first time going and yeah, it's cool, you know, but uh, trying the headset was something I wasn't expecting because it's not coming to Canada probably for another year and a half. It's not coming to the US, uh, which will be the first market for another year. But to my pleasant surprise, they said, you want to try it? Let's do a demo. So that was pretty wild. So that's a long time. Like it's not supposed to be, like you said, released into the U.S. until next year. So that's 2024 and uh, highly likely that Canada will take uh, longer. But uh, yeah, I want to get your first take on what it was like. You know, they made a big hype uh, about this. It's been in the rumor mill for a long time. They finally announced the Apple Vision Pro. These are uh, a mixed reality headset. So augmented reality, meaning you can kind of see through it and interact with the world around you and also capable of doing virtual reality as well. I know you've uh, you've tried the Facebook, um, the MetaQuest uh, headset before. Uh, I've got one myself. Uh, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, what's the Apple one like compared to that? Yeah, it's kind of apples to oranges. Yes, uh, the <laughs> uh, pardon the pun. The uh, the Vision Pro can do VR, like you said, but it's so much more than that. So we're talking five thousand patents tied to this thing, and it is not going to be cheap. Your listeners probably heard it's thirty five hundred US to start, so they know it's not a mainstream product. 
right? I mean, this is just something that they have been working on, as you said, for multiple years. So let, let me explain. So I did a 30 minute demo uh, with this thing. And so you basically don this headset and putting it on is like a VR headset. Like it looks like ski goggles, but there's 12 cameras, five sensors and six microphones in this thing. And you control the, the interface three ways with your eyes. So there's a sensor that's looking at your eyes where you're moving around to look at content. And then it, it, when you look at an icon, for example, it highlights. And then your fingers, you just tap your fingers together or pin, like to make a pinching kind of gesture in the air or just even on your lap. And that will, that's the enter or select or click uh, button. And um, there's a little digital crown knob on the side of the headset as well, kind of like the dial on an Apple Watch for scrolling through content. There's also voice support like Siri, but I didn't get a chance to try that out, nor did I try uh, a magic keyboard or trackpad, which is also going to be supported, but not part of the demo. So you do see like a home screen at first where you see bubbles, little icons of the apps that you would see when you launch your iPhone or iPad or Mac, right? Safari, photos and Apple TV and stuff like that. Email reading text is really good. Like, I don't think my meta quest can do this, but I went to Safari and was reading articles and it was really clear, but I wasn't blown away until, and, and by the way, we're talking 23 million pixels on these micro LED headsets. So this is more than 4k resolution here, but I wasn't blown away until I saw what's called spatial photos and videos. So the vision pro headset can capture uh, memory like a kid's birthday party, uh, you know, with the kids blowing out the, the candles on a cake in three dimension. So it's like this amazingly realistic depth. And then when you play it back in the headset, it's like you are there. You are like, I hate to sound like schlocky here, but you are like transported back to that room, to that scene. And you're watching it like you were really there at the beginning. So there's a couple of demos of that. And it, I've never, and, and my, you know, my VR headset can't do that. So that was really cool. I can, I can see the applications, you know, your parents, you want to capture your grandparents telling a story. But how how are you something. how are you capturing that with the headset? Yeah, yeah, you have to capture with capture it with the headset. If you you can look at photos and videos captured elsewhere, but it'll be flat, and you can pinch the edges of the screen and pull it to encompass your entire view. But unless it was captured by the Vision Pro with its cameras and sensors and microphones, because it's also uh, spatial audio. So they had this demo of Alicia Keys singing in a recording studio by a piano. And it was like she was right in front of you because you see this depth, like a three dimension, like a, like a hologram. And then I heard some other singing and I looked to my right and she had some backup singers in the same studio there. So it's pretty wild. So that was the first thing that blew me away, Mike. And the second was FaceTiming somebody who was also wearing a Vision Pro headset. It was an Apple rep in another room. But it wasn't her face I was looking at. It was a digital representation of her face, like an avatar or Apple calls it a persona that you first have to scan your face. And then when she did make, you know, facial expressions while she was talking, it is in real time. But it, her face looked the day that she captured it. So as you age, you're, you're not going to age. Like you're going to look like your avatar uh, unless you recapture your face again. Because I asked her, can I see what I look like to you? And she said, oh, we, we, that's not part of this demo. You would have to, <laughs> I thought there was a camera. I thought there was a camera on my face in yeah. the headset. It's not, it's not. You have to first turn it around and, and capture yourself. But how did her face look? But did it, it look real? Oh yeah. It did not look like it was fake. 
Okay. Like it was really very convincing. Like photorealistic? Then, yeah. I would say, look, there was a couple of times where I was like, mm, but it, it was very, very good. And again, we're talking really crisp. Like it's not blurry or anything like that. We're talking very high definition here. Um, and then she showed me this, they call it a freeform screen. It's kind of like a whiteboard where in real time you can collaborate with somebody. Um, so she was showing me like a 3d model of a house and she was manipulating it by like rotating it and expanding and, and shrinking it and, and talking to me about it. The third and final thing that really blew me away, Mike was, uh, wearing this vision pro headset were these video demos that were kind of like VR. So now that's where you do not see the world around you. Um, it fades to black and then it's like a 300, it's like a, sorry, 180 degree experience. And uh, we did like a 3D demo of Avatar 2. There's something called Apple Immersive Video. It's a, it's a proprietary video format that Apple developed that lets you record the scenes of like we saw like nature scenes, sp like sports games, like basketball and, and baseball and soccer. There was like a train on a snow-covered track and it was like you were there. It was really, really, and tied to head tracking, right? So you can look left and right and up and down and all that stuff. And then the last thing was an interactive experience. So they had like a butterfly that fluttered into the room. You put out your hand and it's supposed to land on your hand wherever you're placing it. It didn't quite work for me, but the second part of the demo was cool. There was a, a dinosaur walking around and it, it, she said to me, get up and walk around. And I should tell you and your listeners, if you haven't heard, there is a battery pack. That's one of the downsides besides the price is that it looks like, I don't know, two iPhones stacked on top of one another wire wire. Like it's tethered with a wire to the headset. It's it was beside me on the couch when I did like 95% of the demo. But at the end, when she said walk around and that dinosaur is going to follow you, I just, she said, just slip that battery pack in your pocket. And that's what I did. And it was pretty cool. The dinosaur followed me, but it had the resolution of like a CG dinosaur, but it was interactive. It looked like I was going right up to its nose to look at its skin and it was pretty crazy how detailed it was. So overall, really cool. I mean, it's not ready for prime time just yet. Will it flop? I don't know. It's not for, like, they know at that price. It's not for everyone. And there are other concerns. Some people think, you know, putting on a headset and staying at home is not great for society. And for our, our you know, for humankind, it's like going, you know, we're becoming more isolated. Uh, but it is pretty wild. It is way, 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 way more impressive than any metaverse demo you've ever seen. So again, we've both got the the Facebook VR headsets, uh, the the MetaQuest. Yeah. Like, how much better? Like, twice as good? It's just different because you don't. Yeah, there's an interface, I guess, where you select content to watch. You know, like there's a Meta Store in your headset where yeah. I can choose to download an app or launch an app. But it's it's so it's it it would do a disservice to compare the Vision Pro to uh, MetaQuest. But hey, MetaQuest is what three four hundred bucks. I love it. I love mine, by the way. Yeah. Um. But it's not. I can't FaceTime through it. I can't collaborate on work pro unless there is an app actually that lets you collaborate. But I won't see the other person. Again, the, you know, Vision Pro is this hybrid AR and VR mix. And that it seamlessly blends from one to the other. Like, for example, when I was looking at a, I was doing a one minute meditative session with this video that was completely surrounding my field of view. And then when the woman from Apple started to talk to me, again, I was flanked on both sides. Like I had one on each side chatting with me. They slowly, like gradually came into the picture 
like layered on top of that, you know, that scene of uh, like, like a tranquil waterfall or something like that with raindrops. And she like her, her real life face, like she was right there in the same room with me. So that's not an avatar. <laughs> that was really her. It just blends into the environment. It's like, you know, give it to Apple though. They really, I'm not an Apple fanboy. You know that Mike, but they really do know how to nail the experience that magical to make things feel like magic and to really nail the user interface. So look, I, when I saw the keynote sitting in my chair, I was like, yeah, that's cool. But it wasn't until I got a chance to try on the headset that I was blown away. Yeah. Room for improvement for sure. But to test drive something that's not going to be out in Canada for another year and a half was pretty cool. Uh, and one last quick question. I think we got about a minute left, uh, Mark. Um, they also said that you could use this to hook up to your Mac and use it as a monitor. Do you see that being a reality? I don't even know if you need to. Yeah, you could. Like, again, you've got all the apps that you would probably want that are on your Mac already yeah. in the headset itself. It kind of replaces the need. And then, yeah, you use your fingertips in the air to pull on the ends to pull it out and make it bigger. Um, so I don't even know. But yeah, I saw that in the demo where they looked at a Mac and now you've got like a big screen Mac. Yeah. But you don't, I don't think you even need the Mac in the, in the long run. Like right now, you know, I don't know how comfortable it would be to, to be to type on a magic uh, wireless keyboard without really seeing the keys too clearly, I guess. It's like ski goggles, right? But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think it'll be more maybe voice and, and gesture oriented. Something. I don't know. But um, it's a good question. I, I can see it replacing other things eventually when, when they nail it and it becomes a lot more affordable. I've been talking with Mark Salzman. He's had a chance to try out the new uh, Apple Vision Pro. These uh, are the new uh, AR VR glasses that Apple have announced. Still uh, at least a year away, but uh, sounds pretty exciting. Thanks uh, for letting us know about it, Mark. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Mike. Appreciate it. When we come back from the break, top five battery saving hacks for your smartphone. We'll also be talking uh, about the latest in laptop technology. And uh, later on, some of the new iPhone iOS 17 features uh, to upgrade uh, on your iPhone. Back after this. You are back with the program. Mike Agarbo here in studio. I've got uh, Gray Williams with me. We're going to talk about the top five battery saving hacks for your smartphone. Uh, I know, Gray, that uh, by the end of the day, in a lot of cases, my battery is dead. I've got the latest uh, iPhone 14 Pro. It's supposed to have the bigger battery and everything, but just by the sheer amount of use it gets, I, I drain that sucker fast. So uh, I wanted to uh, kind of give some tips that I, I should actually use myself more <laughs> to, to get uh, uh, you know, the extra battery life. Uh, you know. But anyway, I, I think some of these will uh, help the uh, listeners. So uh, you know, let's talk about some of the, the big draining uh, things on your phone. I think probably the biggest would be the, the actual screen, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the brightness levels on our screens, we can have them be very, very bright during the day. Um, at night, you need them quite a bit less bright. Uh, the phone will adapt to your brightness, but one of the things that you'll find is uh, you, you can actually set those limits. And so with, with your with your phone screen, if you do set it to a slightly lower brightness, something that you can still see and still see clearly, but not necessarily, you know, full tilt, um, you're, you're going to have a better experience, both for, it's easier on your eyes, it's going to be easier on your battery as well. So that's the big one. 
turn the screen brightness down. Yes, uh, you know, whether you have an Android phone or an iPhone, they typically do kind of automatically work the brightness. But, you know, whenever you can, I I always uh, look to, to turn the screen brightness not down if I'm looking to get a little bit extra juice. And in that vein as well, uh, also make sure the screen turns off sooner as well you can actually set uh, when the the screen turns off uh, you know whether that's like 30 seconds a minute five minutes never uh, you know sometimes that ir- is irritating if <laughs> it's always turning off on you and you have to kind of touch the screen again uh, to get it going but uh, I, I know in the past I've had it on for like five minutes uh, before it'll turn off and that definitely uh, sucks the, the the juice out of the uh, the battery and also uh, another thing you can do if it's not happening automatically uh, turn on dark mode uh, you know for for your phone if it uh, has it that uh, will again uh, help uh, reduce the the screen uh, brightness. Uh, another thing I find there is that there's just one thing that I find there is that dark theme will usually be set to automatically turn on with dusk. Problem is during the summer hours, dusk is way, way, way later. And if you're, you know, in certain parts of the country, that dusk level is actually like two or three hours earlier would probably be a good time for dark mode to turn on. So what you might want to do is change that from setting on with dust to setting on to a, to a particular time for certain times of the year. In the summer, it's great to turn that on six, seven o'clock because here on the west coast nine o'clock nine thirty the sun's still up but it's still not really bright enough and that bright mode is actually costing you a whole lot of battery life uh, another thing to do as well is uh you know whether you have an iphone uh, or an android phone you can go into your settings and actually put it uh, in uh, low power mode or adaptive battery mode and essentially what that does it turns off a lot of the background uh, things that are happening, uh, like your phone checking for mail constantly, uh, downloads, uh, things like that. And so that uh, definitely, uh, again, will help uh, save some of the uh, the battery juice uh, in uh, in your device. Uh, another quick There's thing. Something to, Sorry, about, something to know about that particular thing as well, and that's depth of discharge. Um, you know, a lot of folks think that they need to discharge their battery all the way and charge it all the way back up. That is actually costing you a massive amount of battery life with a lithium-ion battery. DOD or depth of discharge is very, very important. You do not want to discharge this battery. It's why we actually have these trickle charge battery modes. Um, basically, anytime that you can be, if you're charging your battery, it's actually preventing it from getting into that depth of discharge area. So you do want to be plugging in whenever you can. It will actually save your battery. You can lose up to 70% of that top end of your battery um, just by using depth of discharge wrong. So make sure you're, you're topping your battery up whenever you can. Okay, we're going to have to take a break here on uh, the App Show. When we come back, still a lot to talk about. Uh, we'll be looking at some of the uh, the new iOS 17 features uh, for iPhone users that are coming this fall and uh, the latest in laptop technology. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio. We're going to talk gaming now. Uh You'll be surprised to know that the average age of a gamer is uh, anywhere between 36 to 38 years uh, old. Uh, I know when you think gaming, uh, a lot of times it's uh, consoles like Xboxes and Playstations. But PC gaming for many is where it's uh, at. And you can be mobile while doing it uh, as well. We've got a great guest uh, on the line. Her name is Mary Ann Ewell. She is the uh, president and CEO of uh, HP Canada. Thanks uh, for joining us, Mary Ann. It's been a while. Hey, it's my pleasure, and it's great to be here with you. You're right. It's been a very long while. Yes, uh, we've known each other for many years in uh, the tech industry, so excited to kind of 
dive into uh, some of the uh, the gaming here. So I, I think when uh, a lot of folks uh, think gaming, uh, typically it's in the PC gaming space. It's desktop-based PCs. Uh, laptops have all that power now, don't they? They sure do. Actually, more and more people are looking at laptops because you get the micro-mobility. You get to be mobile wherever you are so you can game any place you want to game. So you have a separate brand for that. I, I know a lot of people know who Hewlett-Packard uh, is, uh, you know, especially from, uh, you know, the printers and, and laptops and, and what have you, but Omen is the, the gaming series. You are right, Mike. Omen is the brand that we use for our gaming laptops, as well as Victus. So why have a whole separate brand for gaming? Why not just HP Gaming? Well, the reason for a separate brand is because these individuals demand a different kind of experience, if you will, in their gaming world. So we've dedicated resources, people, talent, engineers, specialists to be able to deliver the right experience that targets the gaming community with what they need in order to have a great gaming experience and ideally win on all their games. So what do, what do uh, the Omen series of laptops have that gamers would be excited about? They've got everything they need. So you can use our gaming devices, whether you're a casual gamer, a hobbyist, if you're hardcore, if it's just, you know, whatever you want to do. So the gaming laptops, they allow you to play the most demanding games and you can still do all your creative activities on there. You can multitask, you can do 3D model renderings, you can use creative tools, you can do anything you want with it. Uh, the Omen Transcend 16 laptop, it embraces that gaming lifestyle. Great, brilliant visuals, great portable designs, amazing performance so that gamers can really push their games and applications to the limit. It's interesting. You're saying, uh, you know, there's the gaming side, but you can also uh, use it for kind of your creative side as well. Uh, I, I know myself, uh, you know, I'm kind of a, a casual gamer, but uh, I do need a laptop that has kind of the latest uh, specs. Are you finding a lot of people are kind of sitting uh, halfway on, on both those sides, you know, trying to find something that's, uh, you know, not only good for gaming, but for, uh, you know, a higher end work laptop? We're finding that for sure, because you consider the whole world has changed since the pandemic, where we're all working in virtual worlds. So not only are you gaming in your virtual world, but you're also working in it. So to have a device that can share both those environments for you has become more and more popular. And we're seeing more and more people interested in that. And that's why the, the horsepower, if you will, for work or gaming or creating needs to be there. So there is a lot of interest and we've, you know, put a lot of resources, as I mentioned, to making that happen so that gamers, workers, creators can have the tools they need. I, I know gamers really like to customize uh, their uh, experience and you've got something uh, on the laptop called the, uh, the Omen Gaming Hub. Uh, I, I guess you can uh, customize the, um, uh, the different performance uh, features, which I know uh, gamers love to tinker uh, with uh, that, but also the visuals as well. You're right. The Gaming Hub allows the, the gamer to do what they want with it and to make it perform the way they want it to perform. And you were you right on when you say gamers like to tinker with things. They like to you know, overclock the speed. They like to optimize the details of how it looks and works for them. So we've created this gaming hub, this software that makes that happen for the gamers and they can customize it and personalize it because more and more people want to personalize their environments. It's very exciting and it's lots of fun. 
So, you know, gamers obviously get that that whole world, uh, you know, customizing the performance and all the different settings. Uh, what about uh, the message for the casual gamer out there? Should they be intimidated by having all, all these things that you can kind of tweak? Technology is an interesting space for people to, to feel that way about. But no, I don't think anybody should be daunted by the technology. If anything, they should be able to um, go with comfort to play around with the gaming hub and do those customizations, knowing that it's built on the HP platform. And we're good at this. We make computers for a very long time. So play with it. You know, boost your network. You know, do all the cool stuff that you can do with uh, in, in the cloud. Optimize your performance. Monkey with it. Enjoy it. Tinker with it. Chat with your friends on it through our Oasis Live. You know, if you're on, uh, you know, gamers like to talk to each other. So jump into the virtual room with you and your friends and play together and hang out and do that gamer trash talk, battle together. There's a lot of things that I think people, I think people should, gamers could, should step into it, even if you're just, you know, uh, an amateur or you're new to the, the new to the experience. Marianne, you guys also have the HyperX uh, brand that uh, you kind of uh, brought into uh, Hewlett Packard. Tell us uh, a little bit about uh, the the different types of products there. Oh, our HyperX portfolio is awesome for gamers. Gamers love it already, and it's even better now when it's paired with your Omen devices. It pairs great with your Omen devices, gives you that winning edge. It's an amazing line of gaming gear, headsets, keyboards, mics, microphones, amazing accessories to really amp up your game. That's the HyperX portfolio for sure. We're talking with Marianne Yule from Hewlett Packard uh, Canada, uh, Canada, all about their uh, Omen series of uh, gaming uh, machines. Uh, you know, if you get a chance, uh, you have to check these out online. They are beautiful machines. We're talking about the uh, Transcend uh, series uh, under uh, Omen. Uh, you know, not only great for gaming, uh, but if you need something that's high performance, maybe you're into uh, uh, things like uh, graphics and, and video, definitely something to have uh, a look at. Uh, Marianne, where can people find out more information about uh, this series it's very easy to find information about this series you can go to hp.ca so our company is hp inc so hp.ca has got the latest gaming hardware hyperx solutions poly solutions and more thanks for joining us marianne it's been a pleasure it's good to speak with you again mike when we come back from the break more tech to talk with the program have got uh, great williams with me Apple, of course, had the uh, big announcement as far as the gear this week. We've uh, spoken about uh, the new uh, Vision Pro mixed reality headsets. Uh, they also, because it's a developers conference, uh, they talked about a lot of the new features uh, for their devices as well when it comes to their operating systems. And for the iPhone, uh, the next version coming out, and I believe that'll be in September, is iOS 17. And uh, they kind of gave a, a preview of uh, what's to come. Gray, what are... Uh, some of the top features uh, that caught your eye. Let's uh, get uh, some of your thoughts. Well, for, first one for me really is the way that we're going to interact with both phone calls and FaceTime and iMessage. Uh, phone calls, the big one here is posters. Uh, I don't know if you've done this, but I've done this with friends. It's send me the best picture of you that you've got so that I can put this in my contacts. It's a very manual process, right? You've got to go through, add it to contacts, make sure the, the picture just right. With posters, you now have the opportunity to set the picture that you want the look that you want, uh, the font and color of your name, um, you know, for different fonts and colors, uh, like for different languages, they actually have like vertical fonts, uh, if that language is read that way. And you can use your emoji. Um, you can use any picture that you want. And it, this will show up sort of as a big, beautiful picture 
full screen when you call someone. And so not only can you do that, but you can actually share these things through AirDrop just by holding your phone next to somebody else's iPhone. And then it gives you the opportunity to choose, you know, which um, email addresses, which phone numbers you want to share with them. And it's just a tap and it sends it to them right away. It's an incredibly cool way of sharing contacts that we haven't had before. I think one feature uh, that I'm, I'm liking, they've got better autocorrect happening now. Uh, for those people that like to swear a lot when they're uh, typing <laughs> on their iPhone, uh, <laughs> a lot of times, well, no, every time, uh, for whatever reason, uh, it would correct it to uh, duck, <laughs> duck you. You know, um, I've, 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 I've met ducking once, yeah. once, and it did not correct that for me. Anyway, apparently it's not going to autocorrect um, some of your swear words for those people that like to to, to do that. Uh, what are some of the other features, yeah. uh, Gray? Um, so a couple of cool things here as well. In um, iMessage, you can now see live location. Um, so when you share your location with someone, that will actually show up in line in messages. And they have a cool feature uh, called check-in, which if you're on your way home or you're on your way to a destination, you can set a check-in. If you deviate from the path, it's actually going to alert them from about that. And when you get home, you just hit a button and you'll be able to check in saying, I got home okay. Uh, I know for myself, you know, when I, when I leave a friend's place, usually I'll, I'll text you when I get home um, or like text me when you get home. And, you know, we're all adults, but this is a really great way to, to sort of make sure that you're safe. And so check in's a really cool feature as well. This is kind of interesting. Um, CarPlay. This is uh, a feature in a lot of cars. You can hook up your iPhone uh, to your infotainment system. They've got something called SharePlay now. So uh, basically on a road trip, if uh, all the folks inside the car have an iPhone, anyone can control and contribute to the music playlist. Which is great because, you know, at the, at the time right now, if you're trying to do that, you've got to hand the phone off to someone, which if they're kind of mucking about with things, you can get the, it'll stop playing music. Or sometimes if you have an older infotainment system, um, it's using, you're using your phone for your, for your maps. This is a really great way to get everybody sort of all involved together. Um, one feature I really love, FaceTime, when you're calling someone on a video call and they miss the call, you're given the option to currently leave a written message or cancel or try again. Now you can actually leave an audio message or you can record a video message when somebody misses your FaceTime call. So when it's something, if it's something important, you want them to see it, you can actually show them the thing and they'll get a video with that. It's a really great way to kind of close the loop on that, that FaceTime experience. That's a, kind of a, a neat feature, um, you know, because I FaceTime, uh, you know, with, with my family a lot. You know, they're not always available. So it would be great to leave a, a, a video message there as well. Uh, speaking of maps, uh, you know, Apple Maps, I use it all the time uh, for, for navigation. Uh, now they have the capability to do offline maps, which is yes. very, very handy. Because sometimes you're not always going to have an internet connection. You know, I'm uh, uh, vacationing right now and I'm driving through the mountains. It doesn't always have that, uh, that capability if uh, you lose uh, data or cellular connection. It's, it's the one reason why I've kept an old uh, Garmin around so that I could use them for places like this. Uh, Google Maps has had this for a while, but the feature wasn't very intuitive to use. And so hopefully this is going to be something that's relatively simple. You know, so click your location, click download, and it will keep that entire map online for you. Uh, just a really great way to sort of, again, stay safer. Uh, and if you have uh, AirTags, I know a lot of people use uh, those. You can uh, actually share your AirTag with up to five people. And those uh, five people will be able to keep track of uh, that uh, air tag uh, in uh, the Find My app. This app. is huge because you know, you know like we, we we use this for for our dog, and sort of whenever I take the dog for a walk, it would tell me that there was an air tag that was following me. 
<laughs> it's sort of a, it's, it's, it's a frustrating thing. I'm like, like this dog is in my life. So, you know, I, I should be able to have this air tag as part of, part of the, uh, part of the experience. So that, that's, a, that's a nice fix, I think. And, uh, so this was just kind of a, a little thing, uh, with voice assistants, uh, you know, with, uh, Amazon, they've got, uh, Alexa and all you have to say is her name. Uh, but with Google and, uh, and Apple with Siri, you always had to say, Hey, uh, but now, uh, apparently, with uh, the latest iOS 17 uh, update coming in September, or unless you've got uh, the sneak preview right now, you don't have to say, hey, Siri, anymore. You can just basically say Siri. Yes. And so, once again, using your voice recordings, they've actually personalized this voice to you. So you can actually just say, like, read my text messages. And even if you're in the room with other people, it won't read their text messages. It will just read your text messages. So it's... it's really just sort of getting down to the, the finer points of how these voice assistants work for us. And, you know, this is this has been an okay experience in the past. Um, they've really streamlined this, and it's. I think this is going to make this a little bit easier for people. I get anxiety when I say the word hey, because I start <laughs> thinking about how I have to talk to this thing. And it looks like from a semantic standpoint, it's getting much better, because in addition to, to this, it now will have follow-up questions that you can ask, which the other two voice assistants have done well, and Siri has never done well. So you can now ask a question... If you follow up with something right after that, it will actually parse what it is that you're saying in relation to what you just said. So you can sort of refine your searches as you go, as opposed to having to start a whole new search all over again. Looks like that's all the time we have left. I want to thank uh, Gray for coming in and talking about some of these new uh, iPhone operating system uh, features that will be coming your way in September. I want to thank all the folks that helped put the show together. Mike and Gray logging off. We'll see you again next time.